Guys of a Certain Age is brought to you by no one. Absolutely no one. Except these dudes walking down memory lane. Now let's head to the studio to see what they misremember next. As summer dies down, boys, no, not boys of a certain age. Man, we got to start that. <laughs> oh, that was pretty oh. funny. Maybe we should keep that in there. Guys of a certain age, Robbie Koblenz in studio alongside Jay Reed. And from Parts Unknown, Art Shirley. Hey, you got it on time right there. I think we'll leave that little blooper at the top of <laughs> I think that's pretty funny. Oh, it's probably something everyone has figured out already. Yeah, they really right? have. They really have. So, how are you guys doing, Art? How are, how are you? I'm doing well, doing well. Just got back from the eye doctor and, uh, you know, I'm still seeing, so that's a good thing. And you're still talking and hearing, so that's all that's we care right. about. We don't care if you can see that's or right. not. We just that's want to right. make sure that you can talk. Well, always good that the visual stuff's going on, though, for a graphic designer. That's right. Even a, color, even a colorblind. One of my favorite stories about art is he's a colorblind graphic designer. He's a quite good graphic designer wow. as well. So, Thank you. Anyway, Jay, how are you? I'm well. Well, I've been a busy day already. I um, uh, did a little mowing this morning, and so I'm... If I perspire, <laughs> that's why. If I'm you told, stink. He said the summer dies down, but summer has reemerged. It is supposed week. to be cooler next week, though. I heard that, and I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I don't necessarily. Start, starting tomorrow, I think. I don't necessarily believe it, but it would be grand. So, And uh, Jay and I are going to high school football tonight. So and we're going to see oh, our team play arts team. That's, that's right. That's, that's right. right. Yeah, you were dead to us, Art. So you go uh, Green Wave. That's why we. That's why we had to be separated. That's right. <laughs> yeah. That's right. So, so my my youngest Mark is looking so forward to the kickoff of the football season. He has yeah. been training all summer, even though half the summer he was in a cast. And how good is it to have a long snapper with a broken arm? We yeah. we shall see tonight. It's a challenge. It is a challenge. Well, I may have to get y'all to uh, text me scores. Well, you know, you could look on the Startville <laughs> High School Facebook page and see it being streamed live. Okay, I guess I who? That, I, I saw that you could do that, but I'm not sure. We are going out of town this weekend, so I'm not sure where I will be and, and what my internet connection will be, but I, I know I'll have cellular data. Yeah, there you go. So we'll, we'll try to keep you up to date. One of us will. Who knows? We just may I have think a Robbie's going to be busy, but I'll, yeah, <laughs> I'll keep you yeah. up. We'll have a running commentary on it. So, all right. Well, mm-hmm. guys, let's, let's jump into some Geeks of the Week. Mr. Shirley, what have you got this week's? Okay, we talked about the Batman trailer uh, starring uh, Robert Pattinson last week as part of our DC fandom thing. And now, unfortunately, production has been delayed as Robert Pattinson uh, has been diagnosed with uh, COVID-19. So they think that that's probably going to delay things again and that uh, the Batman won't actually come out until October 2021. So uh, that's that's sad sad news. But, uh, you know, I... I wouldn't imagine it delays. I mean, that should be just a, a, a few weeks, I would think, at most, unless more of the crew end up end up with it. But uh, uh, sad to hear it's delayed. But still, you know, at this point, October 2021, you know, maybe we'll be back in the theaters then and can go see it as we as we should. Because as we said last week, all of us saw the trailer and think it really looks good. And, you know? and that's kind of feel like I've been led on now that uh, I've seen the trailer and didn't realize till afterwards it was only like with 25% of the movie being filmed. And I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm like thinking it's coming, it's coming, and now it's not. I know, that's right. They showed but, you the entire movie. Okay. So, yeah, <laughs> that's, yeah, yeah, that's right. It's going right. to be a quibby. It's an eight-minute quibby. <laughs> yeah. That's what it is. So. And why not, why not quit while you're ahead? Yeah. You know, just, hey, look, this is it. looks pretty good. We're not going to take a chance on messing it up. Didn't, but, you, uh, mean, didn't you mean quibby while you're ahead? Oh, uh, maybe, maybe I should have. Uh, yeah. maybe 
Yeah. Um, I, I just thought you were going anyway, to say, wishing... say Robert Pattinson was diagnosed with a pouty face. And it's like, but yeah, so I thought he couldn't die anyway without a lot of garlic or. Yeah. Or, sorry, Art. I, I stepped all over you there. Art. I was I'll, just going to say, of course, the guys of a certain age wish Robert Pattinson all the best <laughs> and hope they recover well. But apparently yes. it's not unanimously shared. <laughs> <laughs> well, the boys of a certain age really hope he gets well. Seen. Yeah. Just yeah. If for no, no other reason we get to, we get to the Batman sooner. So, but yeah, uh, anyway, right. selfishly, selfishly yeah. speaking of the boys, speaking of the boys, we are recording this on the day that season two of the boys has dropped. That's wrong because it dropped last night. I, you know, that was confusing. I read that it was supposed to be, today and then when i got online the, today it said september 3rd i'm like today's not the third so yeah so, it dropped last night looks like it dropped three episodes and robbie probably got up and watched them all have not seen any of them none but uh but then i think it says it's dropping an episode every friday so they, we got the first three and i guess it'll drop like the mandalorian did and come every week did it do that last year too no it, remember? it dropped all at once okay so they're gonna drop it little by little this time I think. so just uh, so it actually debuted last night Apparently so. So, okay. uh, you had one job, Jay. <laughs> you, had, you had one. I my brother. My brother's the one that told me it started today. Well, it was yeah. originally supposed to drop today, and uh, apparently the Voight Vought Vought Corporation, whatever the name of the corporation that owns uh, the Supers, mm-hmm. uh, took over the the uh, Amazon Prime Video Twitter account and said oh, we're going to okay. drop it now. So yeah, whatever. Right. So, so I saw. I saw pre- th- go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say I saw Raised by Wolves also debuted last night. Uh, with three episodes. So is that kind of a new thing where you drop three episodes Maybe. at one point? You know, it, it, it makes sense because if you drop three, that gets you into it. You can do that initial binge and get hooked. And the idea, uh-huh. I guess, would be that you're getting into your the narrative arc. You like the characters. Yeah. Um, but you can also, you're, you're coming back for, for additional episodes each week. Yeah. So. And I would think debuting on this weekend, you know, the, the three-day weekend for a lot of people, that would make sense too. Oh, maybe. maybe. Did uh, Apple TV Plus drop anything? I don't think they dropped. I, I think it just dropped out. I think <laughs> they just gave. No, speak. No, they did. They did have something that debuted, and I can't remember what it was, but I do see some. I did see something oh, that was coming out. Man, man. Well, you know, it's not. Uh, of course, we're a week ahead now in in our recording, and uh, just you know, last week we wrapped up our our recording, which is going to drop a couple days after this one is recorded. You get that? There's some timey wobbly wobbly stuff there, but uh, we all were just shocked and uh, just heartbroken about the news about Chadwick Boseman. And, yes, and um, you know, I just hate that we lost that talent so soon because he was just obviously from the from the geek side, he was uh, he he was Black Panther, did an incredible Absolutely. job. Uh, I love 42. We saw 42 in the theaters and bought it on Blu-ray before mm-hmm. before I even knew he was going to be Black Panther. And, yeah. uh, you know, he was just great. And that just a, you know, a tragic story. Um, you know, I was just amazed that the guy was undergoing chemo. He was doing treatment oh, yeah. while filming. During the filming. Of in that. between filming. Right yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, filming is such a, a rough process anyway. Mm-hmm. So, um, anyway. that and we was, saw no, we ahead. saw 42 this past weekend, saw it Sunday night, and then uh, I, I think I uh, texted you guys last night that we were watching uh, Get On Up, the James Brown story. Both incredible movies. I both very different. that one. Till yeah, said. both very different takes. Extremely different characters, and he played them both so convincingly. So, you know, we're, we're also going to watch the Thurgood Marshall uh, movie uh, probably later this weekend. 
but just the way he embodied these characters. And of course, you know, for a generation, he is a Black Panther. And, uh, you know, for what that means for comic book fans, but it's so much bigger than that. I think maybe we, we had talked about possibly talking more about Chadwick Boseman at some point. I think we maybe need to do that. Yeah. It was yeah. a rough week now. I mean, not as many people know these names, but uh, right around that same time, a guy named Randall Keenan, who's a, a black author, African-American author, writer, that I got to know a little bit, at least from the from the uh, crowd at Southern Foodways Alliance meetings. He was a speaker and a writer. He passed away. And mm. Julia Reed, Julia Reed, um, yeah, um, who I wish I was kin to, um, had her skills, but um, she also passed away. So it's, it was kind yeah, of a rough that. weekend for the creatives. Did you um, mm-hmm. Did you know Julia Reed? I did not ever meet her. No, I know who she was. But yeah, I've got some friends in common, but I never met her. So um, yeah, same same here. Yeah. So, but anyway, well, all right. My geek of the week, actually you've got two, uh, it'd be a little bit more uplifting. You know, we don't talk music a whole lot on this podcast. We have visited it from time to time, but, uh, back when I was a teenager, you know, when you guys were in your mid thirties, uh, one of my favorite bands, uh, was the Christian rock metal band Striper. Oh yeah. I've seen him in concert. I've seen him in concert too. And, uh, hung out with Michael Sweet, really nice guy. So the lead singer, but you know, Striper was really different because they were the, they were the Christian metal band and we wouldn't even really call it metal these days, but they were in the front end of the glam rock. They had the long hair and the makeup and it was very controversial at that time. Well, they just dropped their latest album yesterday called even the devil believes. And I'm thinking, wow, you know, these guys are in their late 50s, early 60s. Oz Fox, who is the uh, guitarist, has got some uh, he's got some sort of cancer condition. I can't remember what it was. Uh, but, you know, here here they are 30, 35 years later, still putting out new music. And apparently it's a pretty good album if you like that. But, you know, how many of of our rock heroes and i'm not talking paul mccartney and the, and the big ones but but you know, yeah some of those marginal heroes are still putting out music um one of my favorite bands was a uh, rock band out of nashville called chagall Guevara, which uh, steve taylor was the lead singer of dave perkins was in there and sorry you other three members i can't remember your name anyway they just did a kickstarter to um uh, produce a live album that they had they had captured, but they had never mixed and mastered, and uh, it was I think a forty thousand or thirty thousand dollar Kickstarter ended up raising over a hundred and twenty five thousand dollars, and so not only are they they put in some stretch goals in Kickstarter, but not only are they doing that album they're going to record some new music and they're going to do a mini tour so they're going to do a reunion show which is great but i i just it, i was very heartened to see striper drop yeah. new music um you know it's 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 kind of fun to to see those guys still still rocking on they still got the long hair not as much makeup not as much yellow and black but you know they're, they're I've, been, I've been listening to res band the last couple of weeks which i don't know if they're doing anything right now no they're not got them on the spotify list as i walk in the morning it's yeah been fun to listen to that I again lo- i love res band you know dmz is a favorite of mine mm-hmm. um between heaven and hell maybe my all-time favorite but i've also got another geek of the week and we haven't talked 
we, me, I haven't mentioned Doctor Who in a very long time. You mean, you mean in, in a week? Yeah, whatever. All right, so yeah, uh, uh, you actually mentioned uh, Tom you know Lee what Lee or whatever. It's yeah, yeah, right. yeah, but who, who get that? Who in the, yeah. So this podcast would go forward would just be my voice, you know. So, uh, so and that would be different again. <laughs> you know, you're in a different city, and you're still talking on this. I got a half page of notes on my geek of the week, and we're already three oh. more basket. There you go. There you go. But th- this is kind of cool. But you didn't even have the day right. <laughs> All the notes. I guess all the shame I've just cut off. <laughs> all the notes, and he didn't even have the date right. So one of the great things about Doctor Who through the years, being a 55-year-old television program, is there's a lot of creative fandom around it. So there's a complete creative universe beyond the TV show, uh, whether it's comic books, magazines, audio dramas, or what have you. And so the BBC has, um, has launched this months-long event called Time Lord Victorious, and they have taken um, the eighth, ninth, and tenth Doctor personas and have created a a bunch of stories. Whether it's in magazines, comic books, Big Finish audio, uh, there's a variety of different mediums they're using to do this one interconnected story across. Uh, I think it's a four month run and it's just pretty fascinating that they were able to interweave, especially coming out of the pandemic. I mean, this was announced before the pandemic, but they're able to interweave across all these creative properties, stories that interlocked with three different personas of Doctor Who. And that just started in the last week or so. Uh, it's called Time Lord Victorious, and it's a pretty massive undertaking. I thought it was really, really cool. From a, you that know, does sound cool. You know, the, the MCU only wishes they could have as much <laughs> uh, cross-shared universe as Doctor Who. But something else that's kind of interesting about the, the Doctor Who expanded um, universe stories there is Christopher Eccleston, who played the Ninth Doctor for only one season, he has come back into the fold. He has gone to some conventions and kind of embraced his his place in the Who pantheon. He's doing some of the Big Finish um, audio adventures going forward, yeah. and uh, he's one of he's the only living Doctor I think who has not done Big Finish production. So that that's kind of cool to see Eccleston come back in. He had a very, I love it when all the people come back. I, I knew you did, especially <laughs> when they're doctors. He had a, a really um a very very bad uh separation from Doctor Who. He, you know, no one will say whether he quit or he was fired or it's been deemed as kind of a mutual thing, but uh once he left, he had no interest in coming back and for the 50th anniversary special, they they tried to bring him in for that multi-doctor story. Uh, the day of the doctor, he said, no, that's how they ended up creatively to bring John Hurt in as an unknown doctor before. So, but mm. anyway, Time Lord Victorious, uh, you can Google it if you want to jump into Doctor Who. It's kind of a fun place to get, but uh, to be able to corral that entire creative staff, I mean, it's a lot of people involved. It's uh, it's pretty cool. So that is how cool. many how many streaming services do you have to be subscribed to to get all that stuff? Absolutely none because there's no TV at all. Okay. But it's didn't a, Big Finish Audio, didn't that require? No, you can just buy one-offs. Okay, but you do have to buy them. You can actually buy CDs. CDs. Yeah, oh. yeah. So, Physical media. But no cassettes or A-tracks, so Jay may what? not be interested, you know. It does so, narrow it down a little bit. Yeah, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. So, But anyway, all right. Well, on the other side of the break, we're going to say bye-bye to Art, or maybe we're saying bye-bye to Art now. Jay and I will be, be back, and we're going to talk restaurant in the time of COVID. Stay tuned. All right, look forward to hearing it, but see y'all later. 
Bye bye Art. Hello Jay. Hello Robbie. The back half of guys of a certain age. Well, bye, 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 bye. the back half. Well, the back half of the show. <laughs> okay. You know. Gosh, Thank you come for on. Clarifying. Well, yeah. I'm sorry, Mrs. Reed. I guess as long as you're included, you're insulting yourself. As long as. <laughs> well, as no, as I'm as just as saying as the last half of the show. It's without Art. The second so. half. The second half. The last half. The back half. W- whatever that is. Anyway, we're back. Not the rear end. <laughs> No, no. Uh, But who knows? This may be the last of any end. But anyway, uh, Jay and I are going to talk a little bit about restaurants in the new normal when it comes to COVID-19. And he's got another three pages of notes. So this is kind of a a Jay-driven segment. But, I mean, it's kind of interesting now how the culinary scene has changed. What you got? I've been thinking about this a lot. Obviously, I mean, you you're deep into the the food scene here in town, as am I, in different ways, and we have a lot of connections. But I've been thinking about, you know, what's what has changed, not just in the restaurant, but at home. And one of those things is, you know, if you think back to the very beginning, when all of a sudden everybody was shut down, nobody could operate really at all for a, for a brief period, as far as restaurants go, because nobody knew is it safe to eat, is it safe, you know, does does it travel on food, those kind of things, which it doesn't I'm as far as I'm told now but um you know I'm and we're not giving we'll do a little disclaimer we're not giving medical advice here at all at period all, period we're not giving anything medical advice or otherwise right so. but you know things came to a screeching halt and then a lot of restaurants um percentage wise I guess decided you know if we don't do curbside takeout and jump on it you know we're gonna we're gonna be out of business quick and so that jumped you know we had that and Things changed with the menu, it went to limited menus, it went to family packs. There's a lot of different ways that restaurant life changed. And then, like for our family, we love to eat out, but we don't eat out a ton. So, you know, we were trying to figure out, well, how are we going to get our groceries? Are we going to do the pickup? Are they going to get my order right? Sure. <laughs> you know, from pickups and stuff like that. And and you probably remember, you know, it was hard to get yeast you know we decided we want to make bread and apparently so lots did of other people so did everybody the same else thing. maybe yeah. i don't know if it was bread was not on the shelf and we had to make it or what was going on but like you couldn't find yeast, couldn't find flour and it's still six months out still sometimes hard to find some raw ingredients and you never know what's going to be gone so just then thinking through all that how have restaurants changed and god willing in the next few months you know things will you know, once we get kind of past flu season, I think when people are back in school and things are opening up and football starting again in some places and we're kind of recongregating slowly, you know, we'll see what what happens with the with the pandemic. But um, I'm wondering what's going to change next year. Come January, let's just draw a line in the sand. 2021, we get out of this 2020 year, hopefully alive. And 2021 starts. Are we going to see or what are we going to see? Well, you know, it, it it's interesting the the trends I've seen, and I'm a little bit closer from the business side than right. you are, but I'm not. You know, I've got a bakery. It's 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 a walk up, grab something, and go. It's not a table side service thing, even though we'll bring stuff to you. So it's a little bit different than a typical uh, table side um, service. Full you have tables, service. but it's not. Yeah. Normal service. Yeah, that's right. It's superb service. That's right. Yeah. So the my observations are, um, and it's is that the restaurants who are able to stay open in some capacity through the lockdown are the ones that seem to be doing 
okay or mm-hmm. better. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you've got a couple of problems there. So some restaurants that just shut down entirely, if they ended up furloughing their staff or letting their staff go so they can collect unemployment, um, it's almost a brand new restart from the, from the get go. Mm-hmm. How much institutional knowledge did you learn? There's a bar here in town that I really, really like great food. And, um, you know, he shut down at the front end of this and has not reopened. And I haven't talked to him in a while, but you know, my question is, where's your staff? Mm -hmm. And if you don't bring some of your cooks back, some of your, uh, staff back, if they have dispersed to the wind, how are you going to restart? It's like starting brand new. And here in our town, in a college town, a lot of that staff was students. That's right. So you had people leave and literally not come back a lot of them so that's you know just throwing another log on the fires trying to figure out what's going to happen with that restart who's going to come back you know there's just not as many people here anymore so you you've got the staffing issue and then uh supply chain issue which you referenced with with Mm -hmm. yeast and flour uh we've seen cost of flour go up at the bakery pretty substantially uh we have not raised prices at the bakery but it's probably something we're gonna have to do soon Mm -hmm. because uh raw ingredients costs have just gone up tremendously butter flour, yeast, uh, I mean, all those things we use. But from a supply chain standpoint, you don't know what you're going to get at the grocery store. Mm-hmm. We, are, we are not to pre-COVID supply chain uh, efficiencies. I, I don't know that we will be there anytime soon. Well, I read something about it, specifically about paper towels, but I bet it applies to everything else. And they were just saying that our whole industry has developed a produce it when you need it or produce just enough just, just in, in time just in time yeah and then all of a sudden everybody grabs extra chicken and extra paper towels and extra toilet paper and extra yeast and flour and and they they can't catch up that's right I, something about it would take a year to don't hold me to this but like a year to create the machine that makes paper towels and by that time you know you've invested a lot of stuff and who knows if you need it or not so they're just doing what they can but they'll never be completely caught up until things yeah slow down i guess and you know 10 15 years ago that was a um that was a a a pretty prevalent business thought business school of thought just in time delivery just in time purchase let somebody else carry your inventory Uh and it's caught up with us at this point um you know then some of the other issues i mean there's a Great restaurant tour, Robert St. John, who's based in Hattiesburg, and uh, he's got five or six concepts down there. And his original concept that he put in was uh, Purple Parrot. Mm-hmm. And it was a fine dining restaurant, and uh, he was looking to put in an authentic Tex-Mex uh, concept. Then COVID hit, and they came to the realization, they, they shut he shut everything down. They did some carry out, as I understand uh, but they came to the realization that the era of fine dining is severely hampered or completely gone. Mm-hmm. And so um, they they nixed the Purple Parrot. They're doing a remodel. He owns that building. So instead of buying or renting something to put in his Tex-Mex concept, he's using the existing infrastructure. Saw that. And uh, he's putting in a ton of outdoor seating. So mm-hmm. I think outdoor seating is the way we're going to go. Um, uh, I think carry out. Uh, Which and- will be okay when the weather 
works, but it, it's you're right. Be a, but we've got a long, challenge. we've got another, we've got a longer window here in the South <laughs> <That's true. laughs> than, than say Chicago or New York. Yeah, you, you can know? go Christmas Eve probably and sit outside some, yeah, some in, years. In some cases, you know, in New York, you've got these in, in Chicago, you've got these outdoor heating systems and whatnot. But, um, actually, let me, you said New York, I was reading just yesterday how the, the government there is still, and of course, you know, when this airs, who knows what'll happen, but um, they still are really working on a plan, don't really have a plan for opening inside dining in New York City. Sure. So when it gets so cold and they can't do outdoor, um, it's going to be a problem. One of the restaurant association people estimated that like 60% of restaurants in New York City would close by the end of the year if things didn't change it, rapidly. It's it's ridiculous. It's absolutely just, just crazy. And, you know, not to turn it into a COVID political, but, you know, there, there's got to be a... There's got to be a fine line that you can dance to, to be safe, but allow businesses to continue. And we've seen different states and different municipalities approach it completely differently. Um, I'm just hoping we could get to a, a common sense approach to safety, but also to allow uh, business to operate. It's not going to be normally and the, it, it's a new normal going forward. Yeah. And I've, I've talked to a couple of people, um, a place here in town that sells beef you know, they came in right or opened up pretty much right before this all started. And I know for a fact that some they've their business is actually I, I, mean, I don't know anything about their statistics, but just some anecdotal stories. When people couldn't go out to eat, they went there and bought the good steaks to, to, to cook at home because they still wanted to have a good meal, but couldn't go out and get it as easily. So that kind of business is actually thrived um, and i've it got has. another another friend in atlanta that um a couple friends that have opened up a barbecue place a barbecue cafe indicator and they um the building that they bought is takeout only right now sure so that kind of thing will you know that kind of business i think will be okay i mean then they opened up just a few weeks ago i mean right in the kind of in the middle of this well uh, you know, an anecdote about the um, the beef company you're talking about. They're good friends of mine. Welcome home beef. They're a client on the production company. Scott Sanders is uh, he, he and his brother and sister own that. Tried to get Scott to come on the podcast, and he says, "I'm not geeky enough. You know, <laughs> I don't know anything about Star Wars or anything. I could talk about feeding habits of cattle. So anyway, yeah, we tried to get Scott on. Yeah, here. I, I've talked to him about feeding habits of cattle, and of there's of course some, you have. There's some geeky stuff in that. There, there's not. Uh, there's <laughs> It's not all just you're you're right you're right but they they kind of caught lightning in a bottle when they opened up because you had all these weekends to grill mm -hmm. and they saw plus they had phenomenal video content when they launched too so and i don't know who could have done that so but um and they've, they've got a food truck uh -huh. and so they're serving out of a food truck i think we're going to see more food trucks mm -hmm. because um well, they've multiplied in town Okay, they have, season, yeah. which, which is kind of funny to me because to me, if, and I love food trucks, but I think food trucks, because of the way they're set up, are probably not as safe from a food temperature standpoint. Not saying any of the ones here in town are not, because I'm sure they're doing a great job. But it's it's harder to control food temperature. Um, it's 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 a little bit harder to control that environment. But you're outside, so you, you're not congregating. Right. You don't have air conditioning or heat uh, recirculating, so you don't have that that danger. Right. And that's um, one of the things that I've been asking is the quality control. I hadn't thought about food temperature but i've thought about a few weekends ago we ordered from two major restaurants in town got big orders for the whole family 
And the first time we did mistake it, mistake number one, right? Big we, order. We got uh, we got home, and you know it's hard to go through every single box when you got ten boxes to go through and all the little sides and everything. So we don't. I'm not the guy that that picks through every box while I'm sitting there and make sure it's there. I trust them. But twice I've gotten home and things haven't been there. Yeah. Things, important things have been missing. Things we've been charged for. Uh, we're not there things that we had exchanged and we didn't have any food allergy issues or anything like that but you know melissa wanted one meat she got a different meat she wanted yeah. extra dressing she got no dressing i mean those kinds of things and you know i've contacted some of these folks and you know they've talked about you know how they're going to coach their people and i think that's important i mean i'm not a complainer but but i think if businesses are going to push you know be it willingly or unwillingly more of their business toward the curbside type of thing and takeout you know those kinds of things are going to have to be up you know that up the ante a little bit with the quality control well and hopefully that will become better as we go along so you got two types of quality control you've got the quality control of making sure what you order is in there then you've got the actual quality of the food mm-hmm. And, um, and it's not going to be the same in a styrofoam box as it's it not. would be sitting at the table, for sure. It's not. And, you know, at the bakery, we have struggled. And I think we're doing a pretty good job of making sure you get what you order, folks. Yeah. And we encourage folks to, to call in. We will take care of it, um, you know, somehow, some way. Um, and it's... You know, it hit everybody at once. The the you you go from carry out or online just being a small fraction of what you do mm-hmm. to being the majority of what you do. And then again, you you've lost people because you've had to come in and cut back somewhat. And uh, a large operation like the Eat With Us Group, which has got several different concepts here, they lost people, and then they had to gear up towards a a online, um, you know, uh, primarily a um. Uh, online carry out type mm-hmm. of delivery. It was somewhat difficult for them. I think they've done a great job. And in, you know, there's a reason places like Wendy's and McDonald's who are carry out primarily have a smaller menu mm. because it's easier, you know, fries are pretty easy. Right. Right. Um, and in, a hamburger is pretty easy. That's why you've got maybe a chicken sandwich at Wendy's and a hamburger and a baked potato, but you don't have a wide ranging menu. Yeah. You know, and these bigger places have severely skimmed their menu and it, trimmed it. it. I mean. It's, it's, it's very, very difficult. And I think most folks have done a good job and, and most folks understand, but what I've been interested to see is how people have, um, restaurants that have come back online. They've, they've cut back, hours pretty dramatically mm. uh, one of my favorite restaurants here in town they're now open wednesday thursday no thursday friday saturday sunday so thursday for lunch thursday for dinner friday for lunch friday for dinner uh s- dinner meaning supper mm-hmm. for saturday and then brunch on sunday so they've gone from you know a, a six-day service to a four-day service mm-hmm. And two of those days are just single period service. Yeah, and one of my favorites is only open 11 to 6. And so if you're going to get dinner, takeout, I think they're pretty much only takeout right now or outside dining. And you've got to, you know, you've got to order by 5 if you want to eat anywhere near dinner time. And, you know, I understand they've got to do what they got to do to stay in business and, and manage the people and manage the quality control. But, um, you know, what's going to happen in a few months? Are they, is this going to be a... I don't want this to be permanent. You know, of course, nobody I, does. I, I think but. it's I think it's going to be closer to the new normal. Uh, folks are hesitant to come in and dine um, in certain populations like my folks 
are not going out. Yeah, um, my, my parents are not going out. Bonnie's parents are not going out. Uh, but we've got friends uh, who are our age, kids, our kids' age or a little bit mm-hmm. older. They have not been in a restaurant. They will, since this started, they they will not. It is a concern for them. Mm-hmm. And so um, I think in this community, you still have a lot of people who will not dine in restaurants. And as, as the state of Mississippi opened up and Starville opened up a little bit, there were people who refused to even get carry out from restaurants that had in-house uh, dining. Mm. And uh, because they were just, they just knew it wasn't going to be safe. Again, not they to thought get, it wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. They thought it was it, not to get into the politics or the optics of it or, but you know, there you've got those perceptions that you've got to work with. And at the bakery, we've put in outdoor dining, which has been mm. nice. Um, we have, we've spread everybody out and there, we didn't have a ton of people staying in, but we've kind of spread things out a little bit more. Um, and all our staff are wearing masks. That's, um, uh, if forward facing staff to, to the folks coming in, mm-hmm. uh, they've got to have a mask on and we've been pretty, and I've noticed the places that we have been, we've gone out a few times and the places that we've gone have been great about, you know, separating the tables and, you know, making sure that they're masked and, and all the things that they're supposed to do, it appears that they're doing. And I appreciate that. I'm going to give that a shout out to, to y'all and to others that have that we've been in because I've been in the bakery a few times. And I think y'all are in a good place because you've got, uh, you know, primarily people just coming and getting it anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So your your curbside was an addition and you probably got that, you know, one population that the older folks that, that are legitimately concerned about, you know, getting out in public at all. Yeah. Um, but, but, you know, it's interesting, uh, the rise of DoorDash. Um, and oh, gosh, I saw some stats. I mean, it's crazy. The- so they, they charge 25% uh, on top of. So if you're, if, you're, if you're buying a $10 hamburger, the restaurant has got to go up 25%. So it becomes, you know, twelve fifty for that hamburger uh, because the restaurant, the margins are already, already so low. Yeah. And um, so there's a particular restaurant here in town that their their in-house dining numbers are so far down, but um, their their DoorDash has just gone through the roof, and DoorDash has kept them alive. And I'm sure that 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 is true across the board. So I think delivery services like DoorDash will continue to thrive. Uh, you're going to see food prices increase mm-hmm. uh, as supply chain. We still have issues, so it's going to become more expensive. But I just think everybody's going to, they've gotten used to uh, carrying out because it becomes cheaper because you don't have to buy the $2 or $3 drink. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, you know, so you're able to, to, if it's a family of four, all of a sudden it's anywhere from 6 to $10 cheaper because you don't have drinks. Right, so if you're paying that little extra DoorDash, just, it kind of works out in the wash. Yeah, yeah, it can. Yeah. We haven't gone to DoorDash or anything like that at the bakery because um, we're doing a limited service. I mean, we only do X amount of croissants or X amount of bagels and once they're gone, they're gone. Right. Uh, we can't hold back for DoorDash or anything like that. It, it's not like a, a mug shots or some other restaurant where it's you've got infinite number of right. hamburger patties. Um, so, well, even at home, one of the things earlier in the quarantine, my kids are both back at school now. But um, when they were home and I was home for a little while, the the things that we we had a lot of fun. I mean, we were. We were like everybody else looking for that yeast and we were, you know, making bread. I think I made French bread for the first time. My son made ramen and, and Lauren got into all kinds of desserts. I mean, just 
she was looking in the pantry and saying, all right, what do we have? And then she goes straight to Google and figure out, okay, what can I make with these ingredients that yeah. I already have in the pantry? And we just, we had some, and I hate that it had to happen that way, but we had, we had some really good times cooking together and sure. eating together. We, you know, cleaned off the porch furniture and sat there and ate outside Yeah, uh, a lot more than we, of course it was nice weather. It's scorching hot right now, but, but at that point it was perfect weather for eating outside and, I don't know. I, I really enjoyed that. That's the one uh, highlight of this whole past six to eight months. It's been, you know, we had a few months that together that we probably will never repeat. Yeah. Increased family time has mm-hmm. been great. You know, back to the food thing. I, my, my theory is that if restaurants that were able to soldier through the lockdowns, I think came out stronger on the other side. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're, leaner and meaner kind yeah, of. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, if you were able to pull together as a staff and as an ownership group and, and get through it, uh, I think that that's great. Um, you know, I've seen, I've seen estimations of 20 to 30% of restaurants or local restaurants will close, um, or have closed mm-hmm. just depending on what's going on. So we're going to see a shakeout and I think we're seeing, uh, dining habits change. I think fine dining is going to be very, very difficult moving forward. Um, because you're you're wanting that smaller intimate experience um i think we're i think carry outs here to stay and uh so one one of the things in in we're we're almost at time but one of the things that's been interesting for us when we open the bakery we have an open kitchen so our kitchen is up um about three feet off level from the rest of the bakery so you can see everything that goes on so we've kept that thing clean tj's done a great job there we've kept it organized and i think that's helped us through this because we've been incredibly transparent with with the kitchen and you can see your food being made Mm -hmm. and uh so i i I think maybe a little bit of a course correction in the food industry i have no long-term history to to draw back upon because we jumped into this thing you know, four months before COVID, five months before right. COVID. Right. Um, but it's... But it should be an encouragement, too. I mean, I know there's there's always the odd man out, but I was listening to a, a kind of a food science guy talk about this, and he was talking about how you know, the food... You, you've already got served safe and all those things. You're already trained to keep things at the right temperature and to keep things clean. And so, and I'm not telling anybody they should or shouldn't go out to eat, but I, I feel like you know, the folks that are in the restaurant industry already know, I mean, they may have upped their ante a little bit. They may be cleaning things a little better. I think so. But they were already trained on how to do that and keep us safe. So I thought that should be an encouragement to everybody. They, they were trained how to keep us safe. Sometimes um, you do things quickly, not necessarily by the book I've learned in, in production kitchens, mm-hmm. um, but with safety in mind. Um, and that's not anything with bakery or here, just all the culinary video that we have right. done through the years, just some of the things I've picked up. Um, but I, I think this has forced people to re-examine what they're doing. And I think it's a better product on the other side from a, a health and safety standpoint. Now, yeah. the thing that I've noticed in restaurants, I mean, we went to a local restaurant here. The, the service was horrible, absolutely horrible. Uh, one of our, our folks here in the shop had lunch. We took them to lunch and there were six of us at a table. And no, there were five no, six of us at a table, our food came out in three waves. Our appetizer order was not correct. 
and um, they couldn't get drinks. Uh, and one of one of the folks that are in our party, they got their order wrong. Mm-hmm. It was they got a they'd ordered the platter size of something, and they got the appetizer size. So anyway, I, we're seeing problems with the supply chain on the personnel side in mm-hmm. getting folks trained and, and up and running. So, right. But so if they make those corrections. They'll survive. I, I think so. I think. I think so. But I, I just, you know, the intimate packed in. We've got to be patient with dining. That, yeah, yeah. I think it's gone for a while. Yeah. So, but the best thing you can do is um, buy food, carry it out, or buy gift certificates because mm-hmm. those help as well. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I can't tell you how many folks came in and bought gift certificates from Proof, uh, and that helped get us through. And um, the payroll protection program was just. Just vital to the bakery because I we couldn't have kept the bakery open without it. So there there's some great safety nets that have come through, but it's going to be interesting if uh, there is a second wave and how this flu season is going to affect. Um, I kind of expect another lockdown, and um, so. But anyway, not to end on a sour note. I think there's been some great things that have come out of it, and I think the restaurants that have soldiered through are going to come out stronger, but. Um, you know, we're just not going to have the near wide variety that we used to have. Yeah, so, so be kind to your, to your service people, order a lot of food, buy gift certificates and, and be well and tip. Well, tip. Well, there yes. you go. All right. So that's enough tips from us. Thank you guys for listening and we will see you next week.